Welcome to the Bernie Kozar Show with the top dog, Hanford Dixon. <laughs> Gentlemen, it is not Victory Monday. We wish it could be. How are we doing? Well, I have to say, after an emotional reunion weekend for going back to my old stomping grounds with uh, seeing some of my old teammates and my old team from the Dolphin perspective, that's, that was the positive side of it. Unfortunately, after that, there's not much more positive I'm going to say, and that's kind of why I've got my Healing Dogs uh, t-shirt on and absolutely needing my lifted CBD drink today because the Browns' perspective yesterday, top dog, left absolutely something to be desired. To go to 3-6 and six after the bye week like that and in a game that had such an enormous magnitude for getting ready and positioning ourselves for the playoffs, just like Marty Schottenheimer used to tell our teams, November is a moving positioning month, imperative that you take advantage of win games, and we didn't even put up a fight yesterday. Yeah, you're right, and I have to say that I'm just really, really down today. I am just down because uh, I finally thought that uh, we were putting this thing together. We were getting going, especially after her our last showing uh, uh, the, how good we played. And in that particular game, the last game, we played well, I want to say, in all three phases, uh, uh, special teams, offense, and defense. But yesterday, we were terrible in all pretty much all the phases, especially offensively and defensively. We just couldn't get it going. And uh, you have to give the Dolphins a lot of credit. They're a good football team. And maybe we have to ask the question, are we a just a bad football team? It sure looks like it. Let's introduce the rest of the crew. We got producer Gab, lost her voice. You could you wanna Yell, wave? Yelling at the Browns too much. <laughs> Gab, we have you speechless today, but you're looking stylish with <laughs> yes. that nineteen Show jersey on. Oh, so. rub it in, yes. rub it in. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for swallowing up my cranium. <laughs> <laughs> and we welcome back the one and only Angry Ken. Well, you know what? It's great to be back. And I got to tell you, as I fought through the crowd outside the studios today, they couldn't wait to see what Angry Ken had to say. Well, the victory chain didn't last too long. And I got to say today, I'm not Angry Ken anymore. As a matter of fact, the anger meter is calm because there's no reason to care more than our players do. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. Yeah, let's keep the apathy going here because let's let's get into that game from yesterday. Did you guys break out of Vasaris? Alright, let's get into it. It's the opening drive. Once again, Kevin Stefanski starts off the game scripted as good as you can. Jacoby Brissett, first play of the game, 38-yard pass to DPJ, opening drive. Gab, pull that clip up. Pull that artistic thing of beauty up there, Gab. Yeah, and Bernie, um, you, you look at this. So, first of all, we had Jerome Ford back. You know, Great Jerome, return. Yeah, and Jerome Ford, to start the game off, we've been talking about no big plays on special teams. Um, for him to start the game off with a 48-yard kickoff return, put us in exceptional field position like this um, sets it up. And we've been talking about this all year, how good Coach Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns do at getting those first 10 to 15 plays scripted, that first drive or two. We've been 
we've been impeccably awesome through the course of the year, and, and yesterday was no exception on it. I really, there's multiple points I have on this, one of which was I absolutely love going deep early like this. And you could kind of, for myself, kind of sense that, you know, Jacoby was the quarterback for the Dolphins last year. He's coming back home. Um, he's on. He's at the stadium where he was the home team quarterback last year. Um, I know for myself, and I'm not making this about myself, us quarterbacks, there's no way on God's earth you want to go into that stadium, hand the ball off right up the middle. And to have, have a scripted play like that, probably been working on it through the last couple days to get everybody excited about it. And then to do a double move by Donovan Peoples-Jones and do that stutter, um, stutter takeoff like that um, to get that, get that completion. I love, I love that um, attack like that. I, I thought it was uh, just a great, great call uh, by Stefanski because I'm going to speak on it as far as a defensive back uh, point of view because uh, early in the ball game like that, that's the last thing you're expecting is uh, a double move. In this case, it was an out and up. Uh, you're thinking uh, if he's going to run the out, he's maybe going to run the out this early, so you're going to jump the out. But that's what happened. The corner jumped the out, and as a result, when the uh, when the receiver goes back to the up, you're like, holy shit, what's <laughs> going on yeah. here? And uh, I have to give Brissett, uh, uh, I have to give him a lot of credit on the throw. A lot of people want to give him a hard time, Bernie, on the throw because right. they said maybe he didn't lead him. But I, I think it was early in the game, and what he wanted to do was just make sure he got the completion because he could, he could have easily overthrown him. In that yeah, point. absolutely. And and again, not to, I'm not saying this to be a quarterback apologist, yeah. nor to just concur yeah. with you. Yeah. But absolutely, we um you you have you have the layup right there. You don't want to just go for the dunk and slam it off the back <laughs> of the rim and miss it. You can first play of the game, get a positive play. Get that completion. Put that little bit of a nail in the coffin, um, in, in the confidence meter also. And for the people that were saying, hey, you could have let them and they could have had the touchdown. Look, we ended up scoring on that play anyways. That that first drive of the game, a seven-play, beautifully executed seven-play drive to get up a 7 nothing. So, that, so that's a question fans are asking. Why do we always have those first set of plays that work and then nothing the rest of the game? Is it we don't make adjustments? Why does that work? Well, it's a, it's. I'm not going to say it's as much on adjustments as like for a play like that to throw a double move takeoff against the the left cornerback for the Miami Dolphins. Absolutely means that your film preparation, that word analytics, that word study preparation, all those guys that are analysts that are breaking down film. Yeah. They do an exceptional job of finding those breakdowns and the vulnerabilities of the other team like that in the week leading up to the preparation like that. So you could find them for the find them for the beginning of the game, for parts of the game, but very rarely could you trick people through the course of the game. So there are points in the game where afterwards you've got to get yourself into where I just physically have to beat up on the team, and we haven't been able to take it to that level. Yeah, but Hanford... It's week after week, and you're right, a good play, but it seems like we have a series of plays that work, and then it seems like we fizzle after that. And by the way, uh, Angry Ken will come back if we keep talking about analytics. <laughs> well, I never heard of analytics when I used to go down when you guys played, and you know what? We used to knock people around. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that analytics. Don't get me started on that damn thing, neither. I get upset, too. But uh, I, I And I know where you're headed, and uh, I, 
agree with you a lot on the uh, scripted plays because uh, obviously I, I thought it was just beautiful yesterday. And like you said, we, we went right down the field. We scored. We got a hit in the ball game. We uh, uh, we were seven zip in the ball game, but uh, and then it just seemed like we just stalled. I mean, we just can't get anything going for whatever reason. We just stall. Yeah. And, and if, you, if there's one play to remember from that game, because you're right, we both went Brown scored, Dolphins scored that next drive, third and twelve. Jacoby Brissett again to DPJ. Okay, Bernie, this break is... this one down because we all watch this on TV and we're like, this guy is throwing darts. You know, this is yesterday to see the adrenaline. Now, this is the first quarter of the game. He has that exceptional first drive. Now, third and 12. There's This is awesome on so many different uh, points right here. Besides third and 12, the, the ability here to look at how he looks right at the beginning. That keeps the safety to the middle of the field to the right. Then to have that patience and presence in the pocket to where our tackles, offensive tackles, had a little bit of trouble in pass protection yesterday. So you see both the defensive ends for the Dolphins getting a little bit of pressure outside on the edges. Jacoby, though, instead just takes his time, subtly steps up, and then to squeeze a 18-yard square and through that tight window right there with the velocity on the ball – You'd be hard pressed to see quarterbacks throw the ball any uh, with any more velocity than that. Well, impeccably and, perfect. And, and you could tell he had to zip it in there because if you look, watch the two defensive backs right here. They thought that they had a shot, actually had a shot on the ball, but they just didn't because of how he just zipped it in there. But you talked, you know, something I'm gonna hit on. You talk about the two tackles, how they didn't have the uh, best days yesterday. I, you know, when when I look at it, I look at the whole offensive line. I. I actually think uh, the whole offensive line had their worst day yesterday because they wasn't able to protect uh, uh, Jacoby, and we were not able to get anything going running the football. I mean, I I actually thought they had their worst day. That's just my opinion on the whole thing. I've you know we we give them a lot of credit saying they're the best offensive line uh, uh, in the league, but wasn't the fact yesterday. They just didn't do it. I I would like to not. Agree with you. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I, I, I more probably do agree with you. For the Browns, they have 112 yards yeah. rushing yesterday, the lowest output yeah. of the year. Uh, there's a correlation. Yes, uh, some of the play calling to not give as many attempts with only 17 attempts, 11 by mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, six, I think, yeah. by Kareem Hunt and stuff. That that that's uh, that's absolutely makes an inf- influence on that. Yeah. And so those are all the positives that we have for today. <laughs> so, so we yeah, have Nick Dave, after, but Dave, after that play, like we're yeah. looking at Jacoby's play, and you were asking if there was one play maybe that was more important than the other. You know, here it is at that point in the game. It's towards the end of the first quarter. It's 7-7 right now. We hit a third and 12 right now to get down to about the 37, 38, 40-yard line, plus or minus. Um, we then uh, get a first down on the fourth down, on the fourth down yep. call. And again, I am all in and loving Nick Chubb. I almost don't even want to bring this point up because of the awesomeness of him as a football oh, player yeah, yeah. and a person. Yeah. But damn, at 7-7, um, that fumble. Costly. To, uh, when we were going to have an opportunity to, at worst, probably go up 10-7, um, so probably 14-7 because we were still in the realm of those scripted plays where we were very successful then. So to... To go from 
going up 10-7 or 14-7 to for them making their turnover and then them going up 10-7. That set a that set a bad domino off in terms of that coupled with the mismanagement of timing at the end of the second quarter when they jumped up it, to make it 17-7. Yeah, and I'm uh, uh, you know Nick is such a, a very rarely does he fumble the ball. I mean, very This is the first rarely. lost fumble since yeah. New England at yeah. New England last year. And and I'm going to give their uh, the defensive uh, uh, linebacker or, or lineman or whoever it was that caused the fumble. It was just a great play on their part, great awareness on on their part because if you watched it, if you anyone go back or when it, wherever you want to watch it at, if you go back and look at it, his hand came in there and he punched the ball and knocked it. And Nick was just as surprised as anything. He could not believe that that ball got out of his hands. But I guess, you know, running backs are taught once you get in that traffic, you got to cover that ball up and you got to protect that ball. But it was a crucial. I, I thought it was a. Uh, we would drive. It was. Drive, it was and, momentum. And momentum. Momentum. Yeah. Massive momentum. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for, uh, for Nick and stuff, but we were talking about the heat yesterday heat and humidity and i know as pros we got to get used to yeah. it but on the brown sideline yesterday <laughs> i was there pre-game <laughs> and stuff and with the sun there uh, temperature had it about 110 <laughs> degrees so i quickly used my dolphin alumni uh status to go over to the their other side, side yeah. onto the shade <laughs> and to see it to be hanging out with the boys there at 78 degrees but to see so many of the browns front office people and everybody hang they were all hanging out in the shade yeah. Too for that, but that makes a difference. And when you're, we've been getting like we're getting the snow in Cleveland yeah. today, the colder weather we've been having the last month or so. Um, we don't have guys really perspiring, sweating a lot. I know that doesn't, you know, it sounds like a, a thing, um, making an excuse for them. But you know, when you're sweating with the with the uh, with the new balls and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's easier to get that ball yeah, punched yeah. out and stuff when yeah. you don't have that grip like you used At to. At least we don't have to worry about that going to Buffalo this week. But mm -hmm. so it was all downhill after that Nick Chubb fumble. Let's let's look at our defense, Hanford. To a third down conversion to Jalen Waddle, second quarter. Defense marched up and down the field all day against us. What can we do better here? Boy, we just couldn't stop him. I mean, we just couldn't stop him. I mean, right there. I mean, Tua, he just had an excellent ball game. What I mean by that is he was able to uh, – he was taking exactly what the defense gave them. And he's got – obviously, we know he's got two excellent wide receivers, talking about Waddle and also uh, Tariq Hill. But on that particular play, I would like to see the safeties come in and help the corner out a little bit because if you look at it, it was like third and four or five or six or something like that. And the corner is thinking what's going to happen is he's going to shut that route down just to get the first down. But since he didn't, someone else in the back end of this defense need to come up and make a play. So who's that on? So there's there's th three Browns players all right there. How is it a communication thing? Is it... Is it someone missed their assignment? What What's going on? Well, here's what I, I – looking at the coverage and uh, looking at the corner right here, I think he's playing man-to-man -man yes. underneath. So he, I, yeah. Yeah, I see this as two-by-two two yeah. offense. So they got two – the buff, uh, Buffalo. Dolphins have two receivers to the top, two to the bottom. The Browns, we have three DBs to the top doing three-on-two coverage to the top, three DBs to the bottom doing three-on-two coverage to the bottom – Almost like the coverage, this is third and four, almost like the Monday night coverage against the Bengals. On third and two to four against the Cincinnati Bengals, Coach Joe Woods ran 
versus a too deep five under man. That's basically the same coverage. Tight. Underneath man yeah. with safeties on deep halves like that. Um, the Dolphins saw that. They saw that last Monday night, scripted the hell out of it, came up with a perfect play to, to really dice it. And I don't even hold Greg Newsom accountable for this because fans are saying, well, how come he squatted yeah. on the first move? Well, it's third and four. So most all teams, they all hover around the sticks and they want to just get on third and four. They want to get five or six yards. Again, a really great job well, by Mike McDaniels and the yeah, offensive that's what pass I was just coordinator, yeah. Daryl Bevel, yeah. to be able to know that you're going to probably settle around the sticks at four, five, six yards, and then to send them with that awesome speed into that intermediate at 12 to 17 yards. So, guys, as we watch that play, you see Grant Delpit running there, number 22. And by the way, shout out to that legendary 22. Our old buddy, Felix Flex Wright, man. He was the guy that set the way old you school. played. Old school. That's why us old fans like him. He was the guy that did it. But you see 22 there, and he actually had a decent game. But he was suspended for some transgression for the first play, which, by the way, how ridiculous is that? You're suspended one play. It makes no sense to me. But we also got Perrion Winfrey, our big guy who's supposed to stop the run, out again for discipline reasons, Hanford, what's going on there and if this if this was happening when you were on defense would you get in somebody's face we policed ourselves man we'd eat ourselves alive well you know what we did too bernie we had a we had about uh five six seven guys uh, on our football team and uh, those guys you're exactly right those guys would be the ones the enforcers on the team to make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing but I, I i don't get it i don't get it with just the what what is he trying to send a point where you're just not going to start and, and and then you can go in right after that play it doesn't make any sense to not have the guy make him just miss one play yeah there's a few things for me with we were an older team and yeah. the cleveland browns are the youngest team we've talked about this in the nfl and stuff so sometimes it's harder to not to have us older guys around to yeah, bl bluntly to yell at and smack the young guys around. It's unacceptable for Winfrey, who's been had issues at the defensive tackle a couple times this year. Now to hear this about Delpit yesterday, and and I concur too with the one play. Maybe that's that doesn't really send the message. And um, I I have some points too. Again with like the post game press conferences and guys tending to be smiling and stuff. And not taking it, not to appear like they're not taking it serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guys, you watch other games, you see guys throwing helmets, slamming, screaming. Who's the enforcer on our defense? I don't see anybody there. It's Miles Garrett. Well, he's a good player, but he's not the leader in that regard. Who's our leader? John Johnson. He doesn't want to play. Guys, that's one of the problems. Well, you know, Miles has been trying to do it. I, I, I see that the, um, again, the kind of the levity, the the. Uh, not the ain't not having the anxiety out there and you know as players when i was a player that's for sure we used to say god i'll do my best we do our best when we're content when we're we feel comfortable when we we feel like everybody believes in us that's absolutely not true us players respond better and i believe it's human nature we respond better when there's a little anxiety yeah. when yeah. we believe that if that if we don't come through, that we may not be here. Yeah. If we make a mistake, we may not be here. Not just one play. We're gone forever. I mean, we've had dudes, we, when we were playing, make a mistake, 
fumble a ball, miss a tackle, miss yeah. curfew. We never saw him again. Yeah. They got whacked that minute, and they were gone. Yeah. And to this day, we've never seen them. <laughs> I mean, and that sounds harsh and stuff. Yeah. We love but it. We want to do that. Like we to, want that. That you do better in fear. And right it, now, there isn't fear right now. And I see. Again, maybe it's sometimes a point. We've talked about this on a podcast. I know yeah. I've gone off on a couple homilies like this. Um, when I won, I didn't smile. Yeah. Okay? When I lost, it was even more of an emphasis on that. This is, again, this isn't to be talking to the press to be nice and to the fans. As much as I love the press and I absolutely love our fans, this is talking to our teammates, talking to the guys in the huddle, talking to the coaches, talking to the organization. Nothing's more important than this. We live or die for this damn game. And, and, and you're right, and Ken. I mean, that guy is not on this team. I mean, let's just face it. That guy that we're talking about is not on this team. I mean, he's just not there. You don't have anyone to uh, make these young guys fear and know what the hell they're supposed to be doing or, or, or when to do it. It's just ridiculous right now. And you can't be uh, after a game on a press conference. I mean, you're not serious. That, it hurt us when we lost no. the game. I mean, it hurt us because we realized that we have the best fans anywhere in the world. And I'm not just saying this about these Cleveland fans. You you want to see them. You want to see. You see how how dedicated and loyal they are when you're losing I mean just think about if you go like 17 and 0 or you don't lose a ball game or, or you have a winning season you, you we we don't have that guy on this team all right let me ask you this can a coach play that role can a coach play that role? Hell yeah. Hell right. yeah. Well, okay, well we, got a, we got a coach, and I'm not throwing stones. He's a great offensive coordinator. But instead of yelling and getting guys' faces, he's worried he's got that big playbook. There's a 10,000 plays on that. I've never well, seen there's, it. There's, but, there, there's ways to do that. I mean, you have to be true to yourself. You have to be true to your personality. Um, sometimes I yell, but most of the time I try not to. But, you know, if, coach, if it's not in Coach Stefanski or other coaches – um, personality to yell and scream. You could very calmly just say, "I fire you," and you're cut and you're gone, and you never see. And you do that to one or two guys, okay? Not just you get one or two guys, and you clean their locker out right away. Well, I gotta stand up on this one because I'm sitting here laughing at you. You talking about? I, I hear you yelling. When uh, I'm on the, look, okay. I can hear him yelling I, at some of those wide receivers way yeah, on our side of the bench. My, my Pinocchio, <laughs> my Pinocchio knows this guy. Even as I yeah. said it, I mean, I was singing to myself. I, I didn't mean to yell that much. We sit there on, on our side of the bench, and we're laughing like, "Oh shit, well, someone did the ran the wrong route." You know, you, you should you should be here in the pre-show meetings with these two guys yelling and screaming yeah. and throwing stuff around. His hey, stance was trying and, to get and, the best shore, but I love the passion, which we don't have right now. Hey, well, the passion team. of it, too, and, and maybe a, a little bit of a life lesson and a football lesson, and maybe yeah. sometimes why our, our brotherly love is so strong, and sometimes maybe us ex-players struggle in personal relationships off the field. Because some of those guys that we were yelling at, yeah. and we would be yelling yeah. at each other, yeah. I love you more than yeah. anybody, yeah. Yeah. and I love you, and I love Reggie Langhorn, uh, Webster Slaughter, Brian Brennan, Brennan. Ozzy Newsom, yeah. you know, yeah. more so than that. And, and we would fight like dogs, you know, going at it. And then, you know, you would have no harm, no foul afterwards. I mean, because that genuine love and respect, knowing that we wanted to get the best yeah. and the most out of each other. And, and Ken mentioned a name, Felix Wright. 
I tell you one thing about it. I can turn around. It, it was just that chemistry was there. I could turn around, look at Felix, know what he's thinking. He'll know what I'm thinking. Like, I'll turn around and look at him, and he'll know that I'm getting ready to do something I'm not supposed to do, and he's got my back because I'm going to jump a route and telling him, hey, I'm going to jump this route, so you you, you, you take care of me on the back end. See, these guys, I, 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 they don't have that communication. Yeah. They, it's just crazy right I, now. I think that's what's so frustrating for us old-time fans because we remember that. You and Minnie. <laughs> Felix Wright, yeah. Chris Rockins, yeah. the linebackers, you big daddy Take me Harrison. back, kid. Yeah. Take me back. But that's, but you Take know what? me back. That's how we played. And you know, they feared playing our yeah. defense. Yeah. And you guys would bark over yeah. them. You'd stand over them and bark. It was fun. And All right. And Speaking we, of throwing it back, we get to halftime in this game. Bernie, I know you were at the game. I don't know if you saw this CBS mm. halftime. Boomer Esiason. Talking about your ability to anticipate throws, how Tua seems to be doing it. Did you see that shout-out from Boomer? Um, I was busy at the game yesterday and stuff, but I, I saw a quick clip of it. Um, it's funny because we got to play Boom so much. Yeah, and I, yeah, we love yeah, him to death, yes, but we used to yes, bust each other's chops yes. a lot. But to, uh, to, be able to, to be able to have some of those throws... And make that like that and have him say that. It brought back some good memories. Hey, Boom's got to be pretty excited right now because uh, Boomer was a left-handed quarterback, too. And to see uh, another left-handed quarterback in the league, you know how those guys stick together. Yeah, see, there, another, there is yeah, a fraternity, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep it going because back on but you know, the – But, you know, but yeah. the sense of timing that, that Boomer, I like to say, astutely pointed out yesterday – Two was on a couple of his throws yesterday, on the rare times that he was almost hit, yeah. um, was, was impeccable. He's throwing the ball not only before the guys come out of, yeah. uh, out of his break, but uh, multiple steps before the guys come out of his break. And I, um, I was over at the um, – we had our, um, we had our uh, holistic uh, uh, health conference down in South Florida this uh, weekend. So Friday, Saturday, we were there doing our medical holistic stuff that's keeping me in great shape. Mm -hmm. And at 5 o'clock on Saturday, it ended. And at 5.01 on Saturday at, at the, uh, the hotel where we had our, our medical convention at, the Miami Dolphins came in. So at the same spot that we had the convention at, the Dolphins stayed that night. So I spent Saturday night. That's why I, I didn't get uh -huh. over to see right, you. Right, so right. I spent Saturday night uh, with Mike McDaniel. My room was next to Tua. And then uh, their passing game coordinator um, for the Miami Dolphins, Daryl Bevel, was part of a crew with me when I was with the Miami Dolphins in 94, 95, 96, my last three years. Um, Doug, Dougie Fresh Peterson was in that quarterback room. <laughs> what do you know about Jason, Dougie Fresh? <laughs> Jason Light, the uh, general manager for the, uh, for the Tampa Bay Bucks with Dan Marino, myself. But Don Shula, Jimmy Johnson was there at times. But there was a coordinator there named Gary Stevens. Mm -hmm. Gary Stevens teaches route running. He taught me at the University of Miami. And then he became uh, Coach Shula, Coach Johnson's, Dan Marino's uh, coordinator. And he was Daryl. Me and him were working with Daryl Bevel in 1996. He's now the passing game coordinator of um, of the Dolphins, and to see them Saturday night and to be in their quarterback room, with yeah, them. Wait, they let you go yeah. in there. Yeah, um, well, I so guess they I, were I don't really know if I'm allowed to say that. Well, but they yeah. were they I were mean, really scared of us then. <clears throat> huh? well, they're really afraid of our defense. It, it, it's, well, there's it's, a you, you know, know what I, it is knowledge. It's yeah. knowledge, and and they're not. Uh, 
those coaches, uh, Mike McDaniels and those guys, understand when you see a guy like Bernie Kozar, I mean, you want to try to pull that knowledge away from him. Anything, a lot of things he can give you, he can help you with. But that's the problem with our guys. You know, I hate to say it, but, you know, they don't want to – whether they're trying to get that knowledge from us. Wow. You know, that's I've, another. That's another thing. You can go on with your. Uh, you don't have to. Well, to be, you know, Mike McDaniel's was here with Kyle Shanahan in uh, like 2015, 2016. I'm a massive fan of Kyle Shanahan and the uh, and the system he runs. His father um, was a nightmare in my career. He mm-hmm. was the offensive coordinator for a guy named John Elway at Denver oh. and in the late 80s. He was actually uh, Kyle Shanahan's dad, uh, Mike Shanahan, <laughs> was the first guy to recruit me to the University of Florida and stuff. But that offense, that, that San Francisco 49ers, they had, oh, that old-school zone blocking game that, um, that the Shanahan's run, Mike McDaniels learned that under him. So... That blocking schemes, and to the point at the hotel the night before the game, they were so confident in what they were going to do in their blocking schemes against our front seven that to see their offensive linemen and to see that they want that they're going to make a concerted effort to run the ball, knowing almost like the L.A. Chargers when the Chargers came into town, they were one of the worst running attacks in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins came into yesterday's game as one of the second or third worst running attacks in the NFL. Cranked out, unfortunately, 195 yards rushing against our Cleveland Browns yesterday. Yeah, so and let, let's look they, at that. Yeah, so because they did Raheem a, Mostert, yeah, so 24 yard Mostert, touchdown. Mostert and uh, and Jeff Wilson yesterday. Yeah, Watch this phenomenal. outstanding effort of tackling. I just this should be a clinic Hanford, of how look, to tackle. Yes, look at this. Not. One person. They don't even try. Him. I mean, I mean, it's ridiculous. That's I mean, actually how uh, it I mean, looks on a Friday walkthrough right there. When you're trying to get a feel good. You, you're right, and and there's the effort is not there with this team right here. And look at the bad angle now. You're talking about John Johnson. Johnson. I mean, terrible, terrible angle to the football. And for him to go, what, 25, 28, 26 yards untouched into the end zone is unacceptable. Is, is that all effort? It, or is the majority of that effort by this Browns defense? It is effort, and you, they're not given the effort, and that's the problem. You're exactly right. They're not given the effort. It's terrible, bro. Well, there's – it, it – from looking at that, it absolutely does look like an effort thing. I'm not trying to make this as an excuse yesterday, but that was the bye week. People are saying, God, you didn't you didn't have that effort. You didn't have that adrenaline coming off the bye week. I think we actually, the bye week hurt our young football team. So we went down into an 85-degree weather where it was 110 degrees on the field yesterday. I believe it was as, as much we were out of shape. And we are, we lost our legs in the second half there, and didn't have that, didn't have that physical ability to handle the heat and and, and match up with them. Well, you know, we we talk about coaching and adjustments, and it's obvious that our game plan was stop the receivers, which we did. But then when you're running and gashing us, Hanford, shouldn't we have moved like more guys in the box? All right, we we can't we got to stop the run. Well, see, when you look at a game like this, is pick your poison. I mean, that's what well, it we is. Didn't, we didn't. You know what I mean? Oh, we just I, kept drinking the same poison. Well, well, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, they got to go to the THC. Yeah. Again. yeah okay. Can they I, need help. I, I agree, but it's it's like pick your poison. And, and what I mean by that is, obviously, our game plan, and you're exactly right, was to uh, stop uh, Hill, Waddle, 
and uh, those receivers, uh, that was our game plan. And uh, I, I honestly believe that we thought that they could not run the ball the way they did on us. And as a result, man, those holes, they were gashing us, right. Bernie. They and, were gashing and when you're, us again, coming I'm gonna, through there. And I'm going to go back to like that Bengals game and that play we broke down with the three-on-twos, two-deep, five-under-man concepts and stuff. That's absolutely set up to stop the uh, the pass. So when you're doing that in in uh, running situations, or they do run the ball, you're gonna get gashed with those type of with those type of uh, um, unfortunately plays. Yeah, because by the time they when they get in the secondary, it, it, it's it's they're picking up 10, 12, 15 yards a, a whop there. Well, this is, this is our Cracker Jack art crew. This is what it felt like. You know, we're we're sitting there with the white with the white flag. That's yeah. actually when I was in the when I was in the meeting, and that's room. how we felt. Well, actually, that's how you felt Sunday. That's and I'm gonna say this to, to sort of be funny, but that's how I felt Saturday night. Okay. When I, that with that white flag being <laughs> being uh, flown there, when I so again what I was just articulating about my my love and respect for Kyle Shanahan and uh, Mike McDaniel's and that type of system, um, in the meeting the other night when I saw that that type system that I love, and you parlay and overlay the Dolphin system now with Daryl Bevel and what he learned from the old Don Shula Jimmy Johnson type. Um, offense which is the old school professional game of drop back throwing daryl bevel's teaching releases and um and stretches and stuff that is now marrying two really beautiful offenses together i didn't really realize how sophisticated and um comprehensive the miami dolphins offense is they they have a handful of weapons and with the way the way Tua has that impeccable timing right yeah. now, the way he's letting yeah. it go. I love it. Well, and, and we were outcoached, too. I mean, Mike McDaniels and his and his group, they they totally outcoached uh, Stefanski and his guys. And, and you're right. When you say they had something for Tua, I mean, for uh, our front seven, I mean, you could just see it because uh, Miles Garrett, Clowney, those guys were getting upfield, and they were expecting them to rush upfield, and all Tua did was just step, step up, up in the in the pocket because they made sure that he was not the majority of the time. They made sure that he wasn't getting any pressure coming up the middle. He right. and he was able to get rid of the football. Yeah, hey, uh, great point. Tua was stepping up like that, and for young QBs out there, we had showed the Jacoby Brissett square in throw earlier too. Tua stepping up with his eyes downfield. Looking down, looking down the field, just like Jacoby Brissett for young QBs. That's exceptional by actually both QBs. Yeah. All right, so we're waving the white flag. There was not much to say other than that poison was 39-17. I don't know. I would have tried the other poison because it couldn't get much worse. But now we got to head to Balt, uh, up to Buffalo. And, oh, boy, Ooh. it's not going to get much better. Oh. And as we... I, I love this picture because it's that some, doesn't that, that's almost like what it looks like on the well, drive in on the Buffalo tell us about bus. That, yeah. old school, yeah. What's it like? Well, guys, I gotta tell, I'm gonna Buffalo. say this real quick. I remember that drive coming up there. Oh, and, and, you know, I got moon one time yeah. or two. I don't know if you ever noticed that, yes. but I was like, what the hell's going on here? Hey, we love we love our dog yeah, com yeah, fans. Yes. Okay, we have some of the best fans in the world here in Cleveland. <laughs> 
Buffalo up on oh. the other side of Route 90. You guys are right up there with us, too. So that home field advantage that you guys have on where the way on Friday afternoon, all those RVs come into Orchard Park and you park and you have 72 hour drunk fest and stuff there. So when the other there's only one road in for the for the viewers or listeners out there that one way haven't in, been in one the way Buffalo out. Orchard yeah. Park. One road in there. And they start early. So you get to the game two and a half three hours before the game and they're lined up with the fans you're going through the gauntlet and again it's sunday morning you're thinking you probably should be in a church or yeah. something you're saying your prayers before a game and to see 80 year old grandmas <laughs> and north of 250 yeah. pounds a couple ho-hos north of that mooning you okay they're mooning you man yes, i was yeah. sexually scarred man <laughs> I turned into a eunuch, okay? <laughs> this is not what I need to be doing pregame, okay? Oh, I know it, I know it. <laughs> How do we got to go play after that? Oh, you know? God. Like, hey, they're fans too. Like, I mean, we're not. Ye who's blameless cast the first dog bone and stuff. But, you know, as a dolphin that talked about the Dolphins game and the <laughs> Buffalo game, <laughs> finishing my career. Yeah, yeah. Finishing my career in, uh, in, uh, in Miami, I had some uh, amazing games in Buffalo walking out there. I had, for my old school, uh, teammates out there. I was teammates with Brian Cox and yeah. and uh we used to uh we used to uh walk out on the field and the and the Buffalo fans they they would buy those big big old 24 ounce beer yeah. uh, beer things drink it and stuff and then they wouldn't go to the bathroom and they go to the bathroom in their beer things and then when we're no. walking out on no. the field yeah, they'd right. be throwing no. it on us yeah. so to be walking out with Brian Cox one time and for yeah. one of the um on a couple of the buffalo fans to have better aim yeah, than yeah, Jim yeah. Kelly that day <laughs> <laughs> he had a they, direct contact they would throw pee filled beer hey man they they are the worst yeah. they yeah. are the so worst it, it would be really challenging to go home after those games yeah. because after taking snaps under center you'd have ass hands yeah, okay? yeah. And you'd be hit with urine all day nice. okay so but, uh, hey, they, hey, I, hopefully you guys have progressed a little bit yeah. with the way your <laughs> hospitality is I'll, I'll tell you what as an old-time fan that used to sit in that old stadium we had our own share of things that we had for the opposition and we had jim kelly and those buffalo bills number they came into that playoff series that playoff game against us i think what was it 1989 1989 divisional playoff game i don't i don't remember what i had for breakfast but i absolutely remember that game because bernie hits webster his favorite receiver let's see it you know, I love Jim Kelly. He was my uh, mentor at the University of Miami. And, you know, when you play your friends, you actually want to beat them more. So to, for me to, um, I'd like to remind Jim to have been undefeated playing against him. It was an <laughs> honor for me. You know, this, is a, this was a big play in the game. Uh, Buffalo was actually better than us this year. And uh, we had had to go down to Houston to win the last game of the year to win the division. If we win the division, we get in the playoffs and you get a bye week. And unlike the Browns last week against the Dolphins, not taking advantage of a bye week, God, I loved so much to have an extra week of preparation. If you gave me that extra seven days to decipher and break up plays and uh, break up the other team's defense, I could eat them alive with, with schemes and technique. And unfortunately, and this is hilarious to me. This is 
third and 14, and there's not really many things that are going to be successful, but somehow the, the Bills, they do this, they stupidly do a, an all-out blitz like that to leave Webster Slaughter one-on-one like that. Yeah. I actually, that's actually on Sunday morning. I used to go to church and pray to God that they would do zero blitz like that on third and long. And I knew Webster had him right away because I was on the sideline. I was watching. I knew Webster had him right away because, first of all, you look at the corner up there. He's he's, he's stooped way down in his stance. And then the first thing he did, he made a move with his left Foot, he moves it up, and after that, I said, "Oh, Webster has got him. Watch him. Watch him here. Let's see how far he's down. Watch him make that move that left foot up. Coming, boom! boom. He's dead. Boom. He's dead right away. And BK, no, all he's got to do is Just put it him. so Webster can run right underneath yeah. it. Touchdown, baby. Yeah. Well, for his hey, great, can you run, run that back for a sec? There's oh, Bernie likes seeing these yeah. plays. <laughs> we just played it ten times. But look at to the right here. Look at things for young backs. They're like. This is Kevin Mack blocking to my right here. This is blocking Daryl Talley. I mean, that, that, there's a little deep keys to the assignment details. Inside yeah. Of personal pride, little things that make things successful. Of course, me and Webster, we get a lot of the credit here. But a guy like Kevin Mack clearing out Daryl Talley there to make... Um, giving you time. Yeah, give me time. So there's a strong safety coming coming off, the, off of um, Reggie Langhorn here. Before he breaks my ribs, I get a chance to get rid of it and stuff. And, and actually, that's one of my cool memories because he did. He nailed me into the ground yeah. to where that, that mud all was in my face. And the first guy picking me up is Mike Johnson. Yeah. I'm like, Mike, you're the middle linebacker. What the hell are you doing out here? You know? Well, I'll tell you what, my beautiful bride, Mary, who is the absolute opposite of Angry Ken, 38 years of marriage. Shout out to my wife. Well, congratulations. Uh, we, were, we were at that game, and it came down to the wire. Bills had the ball driving down. Hanford, remind us what it was like, what you guys were saying, and and I think we got the play as to how that drive ended. Well, we we just kept talking to each other. I mean, we would talk to each other, said, we don't give a damn. They're moving the ball. We have to make a play. Someone's got to make a play. We have to stop this drive. Jim Kelly had the momentum right there, and who pops up? Clay, Clay Matthews. Matthews. Hall of Clay Famer. should be. Matthews make the play. Hey, we love Clay, but that's, I yeah. love how he fu- he fell, thankfully, yeah, yeah, so he yeah, didn't have yeah, a yeah, chance yeah, to lateral yeah, the yeah. damn thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, we saw lateral earlier. Hey, Jim, that's one Jim wished that he had back. He wished that he he knew as soon as he threw it, that was the wrong read right there on that play, and Clay was just sitting there. And Clay, I tell you what, great hands, too, as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Well, we you were- know, it's a, to, as we see this play, though, and, and we get ready to play Buffalo this week after that awesome game that the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings played yesterday. So here we are now. So we got to take a victory formation, take a knee now. Uh, Clay picks the ball off, falls on basically the one-yard line. So now we got to take a knee for a player or two just to kill the clock. Yeah, there was two stuff. seconds. Just like, just like Buffalo and Josh Allen had to do yesterday. And... For for Buffalo to drop a snap like that, um, and get let the Vikings win the game like that yesterday, terrible. Those are like nightmares. Yeah. So when what that happened to Josh yesterday, that's the only thing us quarterbacks have to do. So when I saw Clay pick that ball off, in my head, a good thousand times, all I said to myself and into um, into the center. Was uh, we just have to get the ball? That's all you think about. You're, 
it, damn, are you nervous? And look at Hanford. Look at the flex. Like that, ready to go. Where's but, the towel? Yeah, see the yeah. towel. There's a towel. But the good thing is with Clay, he didn't try to advance the ball because he didn't take. He didn't want. He didn't need. We don't need him to fumble it back to him. He advanced mm. the ball. Just get down, and the game's hey, over. You know, a lot of us wonder this on that quarterback sneaker when you got to move forward like that what's it like on are they just yanking pulling punching poking or is it uh what's it like there bernie you gotta get so killed. the biggest the biggest thing on on the uh victory take a knee formation is that the nose tackles are are trying to jump and submarine under the center and stuff and even though they're not allowed to be calling fake signals they're ta- calling fake signals under their breath trying to get people to jump and they're trying to hit the people's yeah. arm and stuff um, with with yeah. right at the snap there to get you to get you to drop the snap like that. It's it's really a, it's really something you got to do from a ton of practice and stuff. And then today's game with the way shotgun uh, formation is used so much, that little detail of assignment, that practice. Um, point is isn't done as much so yeah it's done in practice and it's not done with a sense of urgency like it is during a game where uh the defensive tackle that nose tackle is coming right coming at right the, at yeah, it. right at the center off, yeah man. they had they're trying yeah. every every little street move they can to get the ball and, and you're right i don't think they practice that exchange as much uh and even if they do they don't do it where it's still the same uh Intensity, intensity yeah, right. as it is in the in the game. Right. Yeah. Well, guys, so for those of you that didn't catch it, I'm sure probably most of our fans did, but the Bills lost a tough game to the Vikings, who our guys are looking like they might be for real. So the Bills are coming off a two-game losing streak. We just saw the debacle that uh, whatever that was for our Browns that were drinking the poison. What's the mindset going in? Those Bills are going to be ready. Our Brownies, Hanford, well, I got to say this before Hanford okay. goes. The mindset going in is that we want Buffalo to at least punt one time, which would be one more time than the Miami Dolphins did. Oh, and by the way, how about that equipment manager tweet, Bernie? Yeah. Oh, my equipment guy, Joe. I know. Joe was my equipment manager, too. He tweeted out. And my jersey wasn't as clean as he t- that. He tweeted out. He's never in. This is the Miami Dolphins equipment manager. Joe Cimino. Uh, we love you, Joe. He never in his entire or Charlie. Ca- career of being an equipment manager saw a quarterback take off his jersey that was as clean. Well, Ken, you as know what? Us. You know what? It goes back to exactly what they told Bernie uh, the night before Saturday night. You know, they had a game plan sure, for uh, for the for they were ready for yeah, our fight. Yeah, you know, it's Saturday. almost we said yeah. this a couple weeks ago at the podcast when we saw uh, yeah. Coach Belichick uh, before the Patriots game, and he had that confident look and that that aura about him. Yeah, the Saturday well, night, the, the Saturday night, and through Sunday morning, the Dolphins absolutely. <laughs> Well, had that, our that. players better be ready, and I guarantee oh. those old ladies with their pants down are going to be pretty angry, too. Yeah. I'll turn it over to Big Play Dave to hey, give us a you, you think if Kim was on the bus when I was going into <laughs> Buffalo, he, you talking about being angry. Yeah. You would be angry if you had to see that kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going to be going into seeing Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, yes, 100, 150, right. 159 touchdowns. Third most in the third most. Oh uh, yeah, in the first break five years in the NFL. That's right. Yeah, let let's get into this and let's look at that Bills offense that our defense, our effortless defense, has to go against. Here's Josh Allen looking for the pass and just taking off. Look how big this dude is and how quick he is. 
Boy, he's a load. I mean, he is a load. I mean, he's coming right at you full speed. What is he, like 240, 250, something like oh, that? Oh, he was 240 and he was 12. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Home slices is a couple ho-hos north of 260. Bernie, are you surprised at muscle. all the hits that he take? So, I, again, I, I love him as a QB and as a person. And this is this Really? Is we didn't some, know that. Yeah, this is something, man, where he is his level of intensity. I love it in one respect, but I'm so, this is not what you want to be seeing from your franchise yeah. like this. You want him to make it 10-plus years. You want to make it to where he could do this in January. I could see these type of runs where you're lowering your shoulder like this. Heck, he threw his on his pick yesterday. He uh, he went and tackled and actually hit a late hit, throwing his his throwing shoulder down there and his, his throwing elbow. Um, yeah, and remember, he was supposed to be injured, and he's playing right. with that intensity. Yeah. So, yeah. Hanford, when you look at something like this as a defensive back, who's – Whose assignment is it to spy on the quarterback when you have a mobile guy like Josh Allen? Well, it, it depends on the play because every uh, every play, if you have someone spying on the quarterback, it's a call play. It's it's, it's a defense that you uh, that you expect that you're playing. Uh, the way this I'm looking at this one, they didn't have that uh, a spy in there, so that's why he was able to go and get the yardage that he got during this play, but. I think it's wise if you're the defensive coordinator, knowing how mobile this guy is, you have to have someone watching him at all time. Not only can he throw it, he can also run uh, the football. And, uh, you know, we can hit it that we have to be ready to go. We do have to be ready to go because uh, these guys, what if they lost two games in a row? Two I think, row. yeah, two games in a row. And, they need a get right game, and that yeah. get right game is going to be the Cleveland Browns. You know, we, we talk about we talk about the the Browns and our scripted plays and how we do so fantastic those first ten to fifteen plays. You know, the Buffalo Bills have been destroying yeah. people in yeah. the first half of the year. Um, this will be the third straight game that Josh Allen's thrown at least two picks. Yeah. This will be the third straight game that the Buffalo Bills have not scored a touchdown in the second half of the game. You know, Josh Allen's, uh, we joked about it earlier, he's the third most touchdowns in his first five years of any NFL player, uh, 159, 159 yard uh, TDs, 35, 35 um, um, rushing, 122 passing, and one receiving. I mean, that, that athleticism that he has uh, is, is special. But you know what, too? Guys, he he's so fearless the way he plays. He'll throw that interception, yeah. come right back and throw it again. He'll run. He'll put his shoulder down. And then he was heartbroken in his press conference last night. Well, yeah, he, he lives or dies. He lives or dies. This yeah. is how Bernie was. Yeah, yeah. This is how the old Browns was. This is what we're missing, guys. And, this is what we're. And, and that's why, I, you know, I hate that we're catching the uh, this football team at this time right now yeah. because uh i mean when you look at it before those last two games everybody's picking the buffalo bills to go to the super bowl they say hey they're the team to beat in the afc they're the number one team in the afc now the bills realize they have to get back to uh, that team and i'm telling you you watch it they're gonna come out and oh, you talking man. about ready to go yeah, they're gonna they, be ready to play this week they, so let's figure out how to stop them because man. here's well, josh allen a touchdown to Gabe Davis, second quarter of that game. Hanford, no run here from Josh Allen. Zips it in right into the end zone. 
Well, what with, can our cornerbacks be doing? Well, with this particular play, he better start off by praying uh, <laughs> right off the bat, you know, because uh, this is a good play, a good throw uh, on Josh. But you could just see he's not really, you know, I always say, they'll hear me say all the time, jam the receiver, jam the receiver, because I think once you jam the receiver, then you have control of what he's trying to do for you. And you're going to disrupt the timing right there between him and the quarterback. And that's what he needed to do. And But what? I give him credit, though. He didn't panic. He didn't uh, have the pass interference. He said, Josh, you're going to have to throw a perfect pass here. And he did. And obviously, you don't want to see the results that happen. It's a touchdown. You know, uh, Josh Allen's uh, offensive coordinator, um, one of my uh, young uh, University of Miami guys that I got to mentor and stuff, Ken Dorsey, um, who loves the fades, loves the releases, um, has actually been groomed under mm-hmm. some of the same techniques that we were talking about earlier. These, these attention to details, these ball placements, putting the ball where my guy catches it or, or nobody, or nobody yeah. is a real big point of emphasis. And when Josh Allen is on his game and, and, and making throws like this with no pressure in his face like that, it's almost unstoppable. All right, guys, we are going to move on. It is time to look at the big play bets of the week with our brownies and hey, a couple God, other games. Fa- this is my favorite hey, part let's, here. Let's hey, finish. Hey, wait, wait, we're gonna go favorite. I really wanted my favorite. To, I wanted to see. I wanted to see <laughs> that victory formation fumble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this big play bets of the week. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. All right, guys. So. Um, those of you that are paying close attention, I wasn't on the show last week. I was traveling around the world and happy to say I was at the uh, corporate offices of our sports betting partner that we will be announcing next Monday. So there's the tease. And by the way, their corporate offices are in Malta of all places. Yep. Big play network is global as we negotiate a deal that will be spectacular. You don't want to miss it. The announcement will be next Monday. And this isn't going to be like some of the typical announcements you're hearing from some of the different sports operators out there. We'll get into the details of what makes this so special, but we're going to let you, the fans, actually have a say in some of the bets that we're going to be doing. So that's the big tease for next week. But our guys are on a roll, unlike the Browns' defense that's uh, – Less than to be desired. Our guys just. Hey, can't I would seem trade. I would trade. How about if uh, I say I would trade a couple of our winning bets for a Browns yeah, W, yeah, yeah, a Browns yeah. real W? Okay, so we could be sitting here at four and six yeah. next week. All right, okay? producer Gab, let's pull up the single star, the one star bet. All right, this is our old friend Baker Mayfield traveling to Baltimore and those mighty Ravens and. Uh, Ravens are given 12 and a half. This is a lot of points, Hanford. Yeah, it is a lot of points. But then again, you 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 hit right on it. You said Baker Mayfield is starting for the uh, Panthers. And uh, they are playing this game in Baltimore. And when you look at Baltimore's defense right now, Bernie, they are starting to come back and play the way that the Balt- we've known the Baltimore Ravens defense to play. I'm, I, th- I don't think 12, 12 and a half uh, is uh, a lot. So I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens at home, uh, giving them 12, giving them 12 and a half. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I kind of agree that Baltimore's <laughs> getting, getting better and the yeah. defense is getting better now. And, and Carolina though, has been playing a lot better. Yeah. Unfortunately, they've been playing better without Baker Mayfield and winning the game. <laughs> yeah. QB gets hurt, bakes back in. 
Um, just for old school posterity and stuff, and for the old progressive yeah, commercials, yeah, I'm going to yeah. take Bake and the yeah. points because he's done. Because Bake, Bake's done well in Baltimore and in Cincinnati. This is something to prove for him, and it's a lot of points. By the way, I do like those Baker commercials. Uh, I miss the progressive, but I like that uh, Heisman house, that uh, latest one that's going. All right, let's go to the three star, our division rivals. Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Pittsburgh, and Joey Burrow, your man, Bernie, given four and a half. What do you think? Yeah, you know what? We picked the Steelers correctly last week to uh, to uh, beat the Saints and to uh, to handle it. Just um, now that uh, yeah, now that they're hopefully Pittsburgh is feeling better with themselves. I really want to pick Pittsburgh. I'd like to see. I'm still want to be an eternal optimist and have all the cards break well for the Browns still to be having playoff aspirations. Um, so we need a Bengals loss. I just don't see it. I see the Bengals. I'm going to disagree with you. I yeah. think uh, the Steelers have a jolt of energy. Uh, with this football team, especially on the defense. They got T.J. Watt is back, and they are playing in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is coming, feeling pretty good about themselves and coming off, of, uh, for them, a big, big win. So uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers on uh, this one. Well, that takes us to our five-star, and I know the guys – Get a little nervous when we put the brownies up there, but uh, I don't. You know, by the way, one of the things with our sports operator that we'll be announcing next week are the in-play bets, which are going to be pretty spectacular and some pretty cool stuff. I see we're getting eight and a half, guys. For me, that eight and a half is going to be covered in the first quarter. Oh, I think on. this is a tough one. Browns getting eight and a half at Buffalo. Hanford, take it away. Ken, I, I agree with you on this one. I, you heard me talked about earlier a get-right game for the Buffalo Bills. I think this is a get-right game for them. They need one of these games. And this is an angry football team right now. The Bills are an angry football team, and they're a good football team. They're a team that uh, really has a good defense, that really hasn't played up to their capability in the last two weeks. And uh, we all know about uh, their offense. So, um I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills, and I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to go with the Bills. You know, I, I, I agree with you that the Bills are absolutely an angry football team. They're a needy football team. They need this W this week. I would have loved to have seen them get the W against Minnesota and possibly have a little apathy coming in for this week. But our Cleveland Browns, I think we, we should be an angry football team. Um, we're a disappointed football team, but we should be an embarrassed, desperate football team. And one of the things that's also happened with the Buffalo Bills over the last couple weeks is that really exceptional defense that they are supposed to have is doing well against rushing the quarterback. They are extremely struggling, and the Vikings toasted them in the second half with their run defense yesterday. So if this game, because it's a, a desperation game for us, uh, hopefully a personal pride game that we were incredibly embarrassed from what happened last week. And now also just a understanding of who we are. At this point in the season, now we, we are a running football team, and we have to dominate a physical presence. If Buffalo is having trouble stopping the run, and they've had a lot of injuries, we've got to go. I want to go after them in a massive physical game, an act of almost a desperation, um, and I want to take our Browns. 
Guys, I don't see it. As a matter of fact, the eight and a half, the only thing we that know I see, you don't see yeah, it. Eight and a half to me is the over under on the old ladies with the moonshot. The players coming in. Eight see, and a half that is looks about, like that looks, I love it. I love right. it. All right, Big Dave, wrap it up for us. Yes, let's head into the. You know what? Before we do that, real quick, pick them games Sunday night football, Monday night football. We've got Chiefs, Chargers, 49ers, Cardinals. Bernie, Chiefs, Chargers. If you had to just pick where one, where are they at? Where, where, where do you think? We're in LA. I don't Los care Angeles. where they are. I'm yeah. going first. I'm going with well, the Chiefs. Well, Chief, I don't care where they are. <laughs> yeah, well, Chief, Chief Chargers in yeah, KC. Yeah. I, you know what? Those are, Chargers just don't have it yeah, this year. Chargers <laughs> are off their game. We actually had that right yeah. again with Frisco the other day, too. Yeah, yeah. and talking about yeah. San Fran. San Fran at Arizona. Monday night football. I'm going to go with San Fran. Oh, I, yeah, I'm I, a San I, Fran. They're, they're I, playing extremely well right now. I'm this going is with the San Kyle Fran. Shanahan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike McDaniel's podcast yeah. today of positivity. <laughs> I'm not their new marketing rep, so I'm not going to, at the end, not take Kyle. Hey, the one thing on that Arizona team, though, shout out to Andy Isabella, former Mayfield Wildcat. Oh, that plays on that's that right. team. And that's so right. uh, we want to see him on that Absolutely. That's right. All right, get ready to get those bets in. Sports gambling is going to be here. Before you know it, it is time for the two-minute warning. Let's get it going. Two minutes, guys. Here we go. The clock will start. All right, guys, anything you want to talk about, last two minutes of the show, final thoughts. You know, I talked about being three and six, and we talked about being – Desperate, embarrassed, a personal pride game to be three and seven right now, and and knowing that the ramifications of that right now, that that personal pride of again, I keep going back to this Jimmy Johnson. Somehow, some way, you have to find a way to have that personal pride. You have to find a way to have that adrenaline and to and come and make these plays because the performance hasn't matched up to what we have talent-wise. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and, and I I have to go back to how I started the show. Uh, really disappointed with this football team right now. Really disappointed of how they uh, come out and, and, and played uh, yesterday because, again, I thought we were uh, on the right track. I thought we had found something uh, uh, with this team offensively and defensively, and it just wasn't the case because when you look at it, they played terrible. Yeah. I mean, they absolutely played right. terrible against the uh, – yeah against the Miami team. And, and real quick, all the thing I want to say to them, if they're listening, and I'm sure some of them are watching this um, podcast, expect to win, expect, expect to, to win, win, because if you expect to win, usually you'll find a way to right. win. And, and if I could add, too, how you do little things is how you do all things. And perception matters. And the perception that you care and the perception that you love this game and perception that you would rather die than get an L, that matters. So how you do these little things, maximize today, maximize your preparation, and mentally start preparing yourself for this game to come through at all costs. Big Dog, good show. I mean, you just get better. And better. Great show, my dog. Loving you, my man. Right. Loving you. <laughs> you matter. Go Browns. Yeah.